Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. What groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist? Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning, and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the thirtieth of June, the last day of June. Does and of that the financial year as is well? Is it significant in any way? Don't know, but if you do want to、uh, submit your Radiothon contribution for a tax deduction, you should probably pay it today.、Uh, and that reminds me, if you haven't pledged anything, you might as well do it today so that you can claim it. But you are listening to Asia Pacific Currents, and I'm Giselle Hanna, and I'm Pierre Morrow. And I have to say,、uh, Giselle, I have to admit on air, I made a mistake. I actually cut that song off by mistake. I touched the、uh, the mouse, and it just clicked on it. And so I don't even know what that music was after Solidarity Breakfast. So、um, apologies for that. But we're all、uh, humans. Even I make a mistake every so often, Giselle.、Oh, I know that you're you shocked. Don't you worry. I will、that. make you pay for that for a while. <laughs> Anyway, Australia Asia. Did we say who Australia Asia is brought by? No, no. Did you want to do that, Pierre?、Uh, yeah, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links and those contact details, Giselle.、Um, if you want to find us on the web, we're at www.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. But you can also email us at aawl@aawl.org.au. Fantastic. And on this week's、uh, program, as usual, we've got. A news roundup of、uh, of the action in the in our region, and then、um, we've got a interview about refugees, haven't we, Giselle? That's right. I mean, many of you listeners will be looking at the global situation in relation to refugees, particularly, I guess, looking to、um, the United States and what's happening on the Mexico border. But of course, we have、um, a similar horror here, and particularly、um, with the family from.、Um, Um, Bayelia.、Uh, it was.、Uh, that's right. That's a town in in、um, in, Queen, in central Queensland, and it's、uh, Priya's family. If I am. So we're going to find out what is happening with the、um, deportation of those comrades. And of course, also,、um, I just saw the headlines overnight that、uh, an estimated hundred、um, refugees uh, drowned uh, off the coast of Libya. So another、uh, terrible, terrible. Event,、um, so it, it is happening all around the world. And、um, in actual fact,、uh, I was reading. If I can just、uh, digress momentarily, Giselle, please do about how、um, uh, you know how Europe now wants them to stop at the border. Well, I just read last week that Algeria took a group of around ten thousand refugees and basically trucked them towards the south of the country and just told them to walk across the border. And of course, if anyone knows about the geography of、uh, Algeria. And then into Chad, it's all desert,、um, and no one knows the fate of most of those people. So it is absolutely shocking atrocities, really. But go on, Giselle. We're going to start off in the Philippines. So we are、uh, into news from around the region. We're going to kick off in the Philippines. Human rights organisations in the Philippines are warning that the peace process between the Filipino government and the New People's Army. 
the armed wing of the Communist Party of the Philippines, is on the verge of collapse. Of course, these are the people that are um, particularly active in um, Mindanao and in other um, parts of the Philippines. The Filipino Armed Forces, through its uh, new offensive, the Oplan Kapayan, um, are increasingly targeting rural and indigenous communities in their operation, leading to an increase in the number of extrajudicial killings. We did predict this when Duterte started unleashing his supposed war on drugs. We said that it was cover for ultimately killing communists. Indigenous communities are especially vulnerable to these attacks. President Duterte's latest plan to remove Norway as a third-party facilitator and move the negotiations back inside the Philippines could be the final blow to the peace process. Um, and, uh, and one can only wonder in horror, given that uh, the war on, so-called war on drugs has already claimed up to 20,000 victims if that repression keeps spreading. Um, but we come back to here, to uh, not just to Australia, to Melbourne, where hundreds of warehouse workers employed at the Leverton Coal Storage Facility in the western suburb of Traganina have been on 24-hour rolling stoppages this week after negotiations for a new agreement broke down. Workers are wanting wage increase increases that will cover increases in the cost of living. The uh, workers are also currently paid only 30 cents more than the minimum wage plus an, uh, an hourly bonus. This bonus, though, can be lost without warning as it is at the discretion of the employer. Shocking, really. Um, in addition, casualization is a major problem with casual workers not allowed to receive this bonus, and many of these casuals have worked at the company for long periods uh, without securing permanent employment. And, of course, there is a uh, community assembly out there. Um, I don't know um, exactly the address. I'll get the address. Um, but Workers' if- Solidarity is actually going to send out um, some some emails and some text messages to make sure you can all get there. Um, send uh, Write to us at Workers Solidarity if you do want to get on that email list. Yep. And, of course, you can go to your Facebook page or even the NUW Facebook page. Go for it. In Thailand this week, Prawat... Pra- uh, Propanakul, thanks Pierre, a 58-year-old civil <laughs> rights you. thank you, lawyer was found guilty of sedition and sentenced to 16 months in prison. Prawat, who had previously represented many people accused of les majeste, was arrested in May 2017 and had also originally been charged with les majeste. In an unusual move in handing down the sentence, the courts seemingly dropped the charge of Les Majeste, though no mention or explanation was given by the court. In a separate incident, pro-democracy activist Ekachai Hongkongwan was stopped by police from going to a memorial to mark the 86th anniversary of the revolution that abolished absolute monarchy. And of course, the dictator is on a tour of Europe to um, normalise relations. Uh, we now go to Sang- uh, to uh, South Korea, where there's been another suicide among the dismissed Sangyong motor workers. As uh, regular listeners would know, that in 2009, thousands of Sangyong motor workers occupied their factory and fought a heroic battle in a desperate struggle to save their jobs. They occupied the factory, I think, for about 90 days, and only via combined force of police and military were they defeated. They have continued to campaign to have their jobs back or be given suitable alternative employment since that time. 
a 2015 agreement an agreement in 2015 with the company seemed to guarantee that they would work again. Unfortunately, the company has not kept its part of the agreement, and just last week, the 30th suicide of an ex-Sangyong worker was recorded since that um, failed agreement. So our condolences go to the um, friends, family and comrades. In India, over 5,000 workers employed at the Aditya Birla Group, um, which is a textiles factory in West Bengal, have been involved in a bitter struggle for the last four weeks. The dispute flared up in December of last year when the company sacked nine labour activists who had been prominent in the fight against a new work contract that had been proposed by the company. Earlier this month, the majority of the workers staged an indefinite walkout in order to press their demands. In response, the company this week has instituted a lockout for all workers and has threatened to relocate the factory if the workers don't accede to its demands. So quite a major dispute there. We'll uh, keep an eye on that one. And we stay in India. Where earlier this month, prominent journalist uh, Shujat Bukhari, the editor of Rizi Kashmir uh, Daily, was shot dead outside his newspaper office in Srinagar, India. His killing represents the third journalist murder, murdered in India this year and the 22nd journalist um, killed in the Asia-Pacific region in the first six months of this year. No group has yet claimed responsibility for his murder. Both the International Federation of Journalists, the Indian Journalists Union and the National Union of Journalists India have strongly condemned the killing and demanded the authorities to find the killers. Local journalists have staged protests in Srinagar and have condemned the local um, far-right uh, BJP parliamentarian for fostering a climate of hatred against journalists, which... Um, Given the events in the US, um, it seems to follow a bit of a pattern. More on the situation that gives rise to refugees in Syria as expected, fresh from the victories of the last two years, the combined forces of Syria, Russia and Iran have now started a new offensive against the rebel-held zones in the southern areas around Dara. Already from the first couple of weeks of fighting, at least 50,000 refugees have moved south towards a border with Jordan. The Jordanian government has stated that it will keep its borders closed as it cannot take in hundreds of thousands of new refugees as it's already hosting over 600,000 Syrian refugees. Mind you, all the Palestinians as well that Jordan is holding. Right, yes. In fact, the Palestinian refugee camp in Jordan is the largest in the world. This new offensive carries with it special significance for the Syrian government as Dadhara was the birthplace of anti-government protests way back in 2011 when a group of kids painted anti-graffiti slogans on a wall. It's incredible to think that that dispute uh, actually started that long ago. But um, well, uh, that's the end of the news um, roundup. Uh, for the moment um, we'll um, take a couple of community announcements and then we'll be back with the interview with Aran and to hear um, um, updates on how Priya is going and the issues of refugee fight here in Australia Are you wondering how to pay your donation? You can pay online by going to 3cr.org.au or call us on 94198377. 
You can also visit us in person at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy and pay by cash, cheque or EFTPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR, Radio for Change. CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Fourteen minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. Our next guest is Aaron Mulgavanam, and he is from the Tamil Council to discuss a few things, the current situation for refugees on Manus and Nauru, but also the imminent deportation of the Priya family. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Giselle and, and Pia. Um so I guess by way of introduction, if you could, can you give us remind us of the history of the deportation of Priya's of the Priya family, um, and how we had managed to stop the deportation so far, but where we're at now. Uh, yes, uh, Priya and Nades uh, came to Australia as refugees uh, uh, in 2012 and, and 2013. Nades came in 2012 by board. Uh, Peria came in 2013. Uh, they met in Australia, uh, and uh, and they uh, you know got married and and had two children. They moved to this town called Billawilla in Queensland. Their two children, uh, Gobika, three year old, and 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 Veronica, one year old, uh, in the in the first week of March, uh, uh, over 20 border force officers. Uh, stormed the house uh, in a 5 a.m. Uh, raid uh, and arrested the family, took them back into detention because their bridging visa had expired um, and, and they were given uh, notice uh, for, uh, for deportation. Uh, now, the, the first two days uh, of uh, uh, two days in detention, uh, the family was not allowed to talk to anyone until they signed the, the deportation orders. In fact, 
the the family was told that, that they will be split and sent separately to Sri Lanka if they didn't sign the deportation uh, papers. Uh, so under Duras, they signed the uh, the voluntary uh, deportation um, uh, papers, uh, but then. You know, we found out about it uh, the next day. Uh, we put out a media release. It went viral, and, and you know, the, the community in Bilobula also expressed uh, its outrage uh, over this family's uh, treatment. Um, and all of a sudden, there was mass media coverage. Um, within a week, Australian government, despite uh, the community anger, uh, decided to uh, send this family while there was an appeal uh, in place at uh, Federal Circuit Court. Uh, so this was uh, the following uh, Tuesday. Uh, I think it was the 12th or the 13th of March. Um, uh, they were taken to Melbourne Airport, then Sydney, and then Perth. And in, in Perth, uh, they were boarded on a plane uh, with a dozen other Tamil asylum seekers and were to be sent back to Sri Lanka at that time, we have uh, managed to get uh, last-minute uh, legal intervention to remove them uh, from the plane. Um, so around midnight, we heard the news uh, that the family has been uh, removed uh, from the plane. Uh, since then, uh, they had gone to uh, the Federal Circuit Court uh, for hearing. Uh, the appeal was dismissed at uh, Federal Circuit Court. Um, and, and that's the case with many uh, Tamil asylum seekers. You know, when they fail at IAA stage, it's very difficult for their uh, cases to be, um, uh, the you know, the decisions to be uh, crushed at uh, Federal Circuit Court. Um, and now, you know, the family, uh, as soon as they uh, received uh, uh, the, the, the decision from the Federal Circuit Court, uh, this was uh, Thursday, uh, last Thursday, and then on Friday night, uh, the family was issued with another deportation notice. This was on Friday evening, uh, uh, scheduled for removal uh, Monday morning, uh, which is outrageous uh, that uh, this government would even do that uh, if this uh, family didn't have any help uh, in in the community, this family would now have been back in Sri Lanka facing danger. Uh, thankfully, uh, they had supporters who were able to file documents over the weekend, uh, which resulted in uh, a small win for them. Uh, federal court uh, granted uh, uh, injunction, uh, which means this fa- the, the Australian government has agreed that uh, this family will not be uh, removed until um, a decision is made by uh, federal court uh, and seven days after that. So they will give them seven days uh, for them to look at um, uh, any other avenues. Otherwise, they will be deported back to Sri Lanka. Um, Nades, uh, who is um, um, uh, the the husband of uh, Puria, has uh, uh, so much to worry about if he gets deported back to Sri Lanka. He had had links with uh, Tamil Tigers. Uh, credible human rights groups have uh, said that uh, uh, anybody who had links to Tamil Tigers still faces persecution. Uh, even Amnesty International uh, a few weeks back uh, came up with a report 
stating that uh, Sri, Sri Lanka still practice torture uh, when it comes to uh, Tamils and other minority groups. So it's, it's not safe for this family to be returned back to Sri Lanka. And I just hope uh, that uh, Australian government will find a way to send this family back to Bolivia. I can't hear you, Pierre. That's right. I'd better turn my mic on. Um, Aaron, what you've described is is really shocking. Uh, I mean, a whole series of events, and it's even like it's it's hard which one to concentrate on and and to point as the most shocking. But uh, what what hit me was when you said they were taken in and they were sort of forced to sign a voluntary repatriation order. I, I mean, I would have thought that legally anything signed in detention or under duress would really have no legal status and why would they want them to sign a document that um, basically people would say well that's not voluntary it's it definitely uh, unlawful and, and this is not the first time Australian government is uh, breaking the law um, uh, you know we've seen it a number of times Australian government uh, breaking the law uh, when it comes to treatment of uh, uh, asylum seekers. Uh, it looks good on them when people uh, choose to go back voluntarily. Um, and, it, you know, this experience sets light into uh, what voluntary deportations are. Most of the time we hear that, uh, you know, so many asylum seekers are uh, choosing to go back voluntarily. It's It's not voluntary uh, deportation you know people are put in a situation where they have no other choice uh, but to sign these voluntary documents in the case of Piria nowadays it means nothing anymore given the the legal challenges out there uh, uh, but the, the government has uh, broken the law uh, the government uh, has broken the law but you probably wouldn't be able to take any legal action over it, and, and they know that. Yeah, I mean, they, they've changed the law so many times, and every time they get found that they've broken the law, they just um, uh, put another act of parliament in. Now, in your original story, you mentioned that the Priya and Nadan were, were saved uh, at the last moment in Perth when they're ready on the, on the plane with other Tamil refugees. I'm, I assume that all their others uh, did get deported, though. All the other Tamils did get deported. Uh, we knew a number of people who were, for, like, we didn't know them individually, but we have heard that number of them were forcibly uh, deported back in the sense that they were not even aware that they were going to be deported until that day. They were kept in Willowood Detention Centre um, and were taken back. We don't know what happened to them, uh, partly because we... Uh, had no prior contact with them, so we didn't take their family uh, members' details. Uh, we don't know uh, what sort of issues uh, they faced uh, on return. Uh, but what I can say, though, is about uh, returnees is um, in February, uh, we worked, worked on the case of a Tamil refugee by the name Sandra Rubin, who had strong links with the Tamil Tigers. Uh, Sandra Rubin was, uh, despite our attempts to stop the deportation was eventually uh, uh, deported back to Sri Lanka. And um, uh, when he was uh, when he landed in uh, Sri Lanka, he faced no issues at the airport. A couple of hours of um, 
uh, questioning and then uh, they handed him over to the family. Uh, the problem started as soon as he went back to his village. The military intelligence started uh, paying visit to him, you know, first taking his details and then family members' details. Uh, you know, the, the, the harassment uh, increased with every visit uh, from the, the Sri Lankan military intelligence. Now he's basically in hiding. He's away from his village, away from his family, uh, basically uh, uh, living uh, in hiding. Um, and, uh, you know, a number of uh, international media has uh, reported about uh, the harassment he's facing, and it's not an isolated incident. Uh, we got human rights, uh, uh, international human rights groups uh, coming up with reports after reports about these incidents with a number of other asylum seekers that have been returned as well. And um, and there was another incident that uh, um, uh, which I came to know only two weeks ago, a Tamil refugee uh, who was deported from Australia in 2015, died under mysterious circumstances uh, just uh, uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, so, you know, Tamils are still, Sri Lanka is still not safe for Tamils. Tamils should not be sent back to Sri Lanka. It's, I mean, it's really hard to comment on some of the shocking information that you're giving us. Well, one of the things I notice, though, is when we talk about the refugee situation in Australia, we tend to put it up to this um, Liberal government and before that the Howard government and before that, well, sorry, before that the Rudd government and then before that the Howard government – and somehow this is a government problem. But as we look at the situation globally, it's not an Australian government problem. It's not a Donald Trump problem. It's not a Europe problem. It is actually a movement worldwide against refugees that I think has to be explained beyond the individuals in governments that are making these decisions. How do you understand the politically the global refugee crisis and what is to be done about it? Look, I, I, I don't know if I can uh, uh, comment on the, the, the global uh, uh, refugee uh, crisis. Uh, what, you know, what all I can, uh, like I'm not, uh, an expert enough to uh, make comments on uh, on what you're uh, claiming to sell, but uh, uh, you know, from my limited uh, knowledge about uh, this issue or limited experience with this issue, uh, all I can uh, say is that successive Australian governments have been mistreating refugees. This is not just uh, John Howard or or, or the the current uh, Liberal government. Uh, uh, problem uh, over the last uh, 20 to 30 years, uh, you know, the Labor and the Liberal governments have been responsible for the mistreatment of uh, uh, refugees, and uh, uh, we, as a people, have uh, uh, allowed them to get away with uh, uh, basically, you know, uh, torture uh, of refugees, and, and we should all. Uh, uh, come together and, and, and bring an end to this. Uh, but I, I really don't know how to respond to uh, the, uh, you know... The, you it know, was. It, it was a big to, question, Aaron. It yeah. was a pretty unfair, very big question. You did well. No, no. It, look, you know, Australia has been a world leader when it comes to mistreatment of refugees. You know, people like Donald Trump and uh, even uh, Europe did 
not treat refugees like the way Australia did. Uh, to me, uh, many of many in the Europe and uh, and in uh, in America is actually following in the footsteps of uh, how Australia has uh, treated refugees. Um, Australia is uh, uh, is the world leader, um, and 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 they should uh, you know uh, set a better example than uh, than what they're doing. Um, that's all I could say. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time on the show today. Are there any refugee events coming up that you want to plug? Look, I think uh, there's a rally. Uh, I haven't got the details in front of me. Uh, you know, 21st of July, I believe. Uh, it's to do with uh, five years uh, offshore detention, uh, the one that uh, Rudd announced uh, back in 2013. Um, that Refugee Action Collective is organising this massive rally um, that's going to be at State Library. Just go to Refugee Action Collective's uh, website or the Facebook page and you'll be able to get more details. Excellent. Thank you so much. We'll right. advertise those. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank, thank you, yeah. That was Aaron Mulgarvenam from the Tamil Council discussing Australia's refugee policies, particularly in the context of the Bialya um, community family, refugee family, Priya uh, and her family, um, and the, uh, the imminent deportation that at the moment there is a legal win on. All right, and that uh, really takes us to the end of another program of Asia-Pacific Currents, um, brought to you every week by Australia-Asia Worker Links um, on your favourite community radio, 3CR Radio. And, of course, if you haven't pledged or if you haven't paid, please give that money in and to keep us on the air for another year. But that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hannah. And stay tuned for Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. Radiothon 2018 is on from the 4th to the 17th of June. 3CR, fight for your mic. And we need your support to continue to be an independent, radical voice promoting social and political justice and change. We're asking you, our listeners, to donate to the station to keep us going. This year, we need to make $250,000 to keep the station on air, so any amount you can afford makes a big difference. So call us on 03 9419 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.